your ability to persuade others is one of the most powerful resources you will ever discover. During this eye-opening podcast, you'll join Wayne Sutton, founder of Neuro Persuasion, as you uncover the secrets of influence based upon science and proven in the real world. Okay, so we're going to jump in this evening. I want to say last week, the ones that jumped in, we were talking a lot about your your financial baseline. If you missed last week, be sure to jump back into the group, go into the Slack channel, get it from us. So your financial baseline is extremely important. I want to continue on the financial baseline, but I have two coaching clients that can't be here this week. So we're going to jump to next week and probably come back to that. Uh, the financial baseline is extremely important because until you have that set where you can adjust it, where you can make the decision to make more money, then self-sabotage comes in. So we're going to move from influencing yourself into influencing others this week, and then we're going to go back into influencing. This will be a continuous loop back and forth. You always have that the mindset. But I want to talk about this. We influence through words, through actions, and the environment. In fact, there's so much more than that. There's so many different areas that influence or persuade someone. And we're going to start with one strong statement that your influence must have a definite outcome with flexibility of your offer, flexibility of your behavior, flexibility of maybe the route that you take to get to the destination. But if you're trying to persuade someone to vote according to your political party, and trying to persuade someone to invest in you financially, all of that must be done with a definite outcome. Maybe you just want to build a better relationship, and that's still an outcome. So the outcome always has to stay front of mind. Your suggestions, and this is something we talk a lot about when we're doing more of the therapeutic um, counseling. Your suggestions are either emotionally attractive and they're received, or Uh, let me try to get every time I try to get somebody in one of the rooms. Here we go. There we go. Okay. So, again, our suggestions are either emotionally attractive and thus they're received, or they're emotionally repulsive and therefore rejected. And I really want you to grab a hold of those two because they're so different. When you are trying to influence someone, your words, your deeds, your environment, your marketing, their mentality, everything at that, that one time will be the filter that they say yes or no. We're, we live in a very binary world world and the mind operates in a very binary structure it recognizes a pattern something that's attractive and says yes or something that's unattractive or repulsive and says no so we need to make sure that we are emotionally attractive in all of our persuasion and then what does that mean to be emotionally attractive we're going to get into that but the big part of this is 90 plus percent, it does depend on which study that you uh, go into. Some show as much as 99%, uh, but usually over 90%, your 
context, your message will be in a pattern of either emotionally attractive or repulsive. And this is done on unconscious level, unconscious level. So later in the course, we're going to be getting into how to read micro expressions. Micro expressions are something very, very, very powerful once you learn how to read. So yes, body language matters. But body language is a is a large expression. Usually, if somebody's leaning forward, leaning back, the way they tilt their head, the way they play with their hair, all of that body language is important. But we're going to go into the micro expressions also. And this you'll see when when somebody sees something. Hey, Miss Kim, when somebody sees something, somebody recognizes something before they even have a time to consciously analyze it, you'll see a shift in behavior uh, on their face, micro-expressions. So we're going to be teaching that, especially to our private coaching clients. You will learn micro-expressions and how to use them. So if your suggestions, so here's the thought that I want you to take with you. When I'm attempting to influence someone, am I, a, it, when I say, are you attractive? I don't mean yourself. I mean, is your language, your verbiage, everything attractive? or is it repulsive? They will pattern it. The mind, the unconscious mind will pattern it and move it either way. So we're going to work on that. In the next few sessions, we'll uncover the power of being a person of authority, having a personality, how to use unconscious symbols, and how to recognize and shift behaviors from human nature. I want you to pick this up. The personality that is has authority with it. The unconscious symbols, which includes words, language patterns, gestures, there's so much unconsciously that people pick up, and how to recognize and shift behaviors from human nature. Okay, so today we're going to talk about some laws of persuasion. We may get into some role playing, but we're probably going to save that towards the end. What I really want to give you is just some basic laws. I can't cover every one. A uh, good friend of mine, uh, Tom and Kim have uh, what they call 13 persuasion codes. I have broken and they do really go deep. I'm going to break down some that I have studied over the last 20 years, 20 plus years, and make it really, I want to make it really easy for you to understand. People are far more suggestible when emotionally aroused. Now, arousal is a big word, right? It's one of the power words, but it doesn't always mean lust. Can, but aroused, if there's fear, they're suggestible. Anxiety, hate, curiosity. So how do you get someone to change their mode? If somebody's very basic and blah, very neutral, it's hard to get that person to make a suggestion. So we want to use, we want to elicit. The key word I just um, put in italics there is elicited. We want to learn to elicit, to evoke, to bring up those emotions. And we're going to do it throughout the full presentation and conversation with people. Also, people are highly suggestible when very relaxed. Now, I didn't say neutral. Neutral is blah. Relaxed is very, very relaxed. Extreme mind-body states. If you want someone to really be suggestible, then let's go one end of the spectrum is they're half asleep, they're just waking up, they're extremely relaxed, they're in hypnosis, 
something like that. The others, they just got off a roller coaster. They did three flips upside down and thought they were going to crash into the ground. And their adrenaline's to the roof and their mind's running, you know, a thousand miles an hour. They're very suggestible in that moment. Now, I didn't post it here in the notes, but we're also going to talk about confusion. Confusion is one of the most powerful ways to influence someone. Now, what do you mean by confusion? It's when the mind is heading one way, something else shifts, they get confused for just a second, and then you give influence or influential statement. We're going to get into that in the later, later methods. I do want you to know this. This is why humor, this is why you laugh at a joke. Your mind is heading one per, and then here comes the punchline. It's something different. It's the contrast. It's very funny. Also, when someone's laughing, someone is in that place of humor, they lower resistance. They begin to like the person that made them laugh. There's an unconscious liking. And it's also the moment they're most suggestible. Those who follow, uh, I don't know if he does it on purpose. I don't think so, but he does a very good job of it. Um, there is a minister, Jesse Duplantis. Jesse will make you have a joke. He'll get you laughing. He gets people in place of rapport. And then he'll drop that Bible verse. He'll drop that statement. And again, if he doesn't know what he's doing, he's doing a great job because he is, he's done it over and over and over. For years, I have followed him, 20 plus years. So extreme mind-body states. People are more suggestible when they're vividly imagining something. This is why your word structure is so important. If my, if my wife said, hey, Wayne, I think about going, why don't we go to Disney? I'm not imagining Mickey Mouse. I'm not imagining spending $8,000. I'm like, no. But if she were to use suggestible imagery about, hey, this is what they got new. They got the new Star Wars. They've got this. We could go to this restaurant. The girls would be to see the, and she did this again. Oh, the girls would get to see the princesses. We can get their hair done. And, and she painted an image. And I was more suggestible to say yes. And I saw my girls having a memory that they could take. She future paced. When I could see my daughters having a memory they could take forever, then I was willing to pull out the credit card. So people are more suggestible when they're vividly imagining something. So a little side homework here. What are you trying to convince people to do? And maybe what are you trying to convince yourself to do? What are you trying to commit? What's a goal? What's, a, what's something you're working on? You're not there yet. Can you vividly imagine it in the future? Bring the future in the now so you can walk it out yourself. Kim, if you will, can you um, unmute? I'd love that. I'm going to pick on you for a second. What is something that any, it doesn't matter, small, big, doesn't matter. What's a goal that you're trying to persuade yourself to accomplish? Okay. We hear you. Oh, good. Okay. So, uh, something trying to, trying to imagine having coaching clients paying me fees. How about that? Let's start there. That's a, that's a good place to be. That's a good place to be. So, you, so, how do we persuade you to take the next step? Because in fact, in fact, let me so let me just speak to your unconscious for a minute. You may not even consciously know what the next right step is, but unconsciously you do. And if you already know, this is the next right step. This is what I've got. Maybe something you got to overcome. Maybe something else you need to learn. Whatever it is, then I want you to go in and I want you to go. Okay, this is the what 
imagination is going to force me, drive me, compel me to go to the next place. I always pick on Wendy, so I'm trying not to do it this time, but Wendy is a cross-fitting genius. I see her <laughs> lifting these weights and stuff. I mean, really, Wendy, I had to go, what am I going to do? So I bought, I bought a tonal home gym. And I had one of my friends laugh at me and go, Wayne, that's crazy. It's a little electronic weights. You'll never really gain muscle with that. I can hardly walk down the stairs of my home. I'm so sore. I mean, literally can't walk down the stairs. Thing is, kicked my butt. So the point is, I had to imagine that I had to go in the future and I had to vividly imagine myself at 50 in this shape instead of all of my friends at 50 in the shape they're in. That sounds silly. I had to vividly imagine it and it suggested the suggestibility. Also, when we did a home demo, they did a home demo by Zoom and they asked really great questions, got me future pace, what our goals were. So vividly imagining something's going to be huge. Thank you, Kim. And thank you for Wendy letting me pick on you. <laughs> so use vivid imagination and when appropriate, use humor. Okay, so if you see here, going back okay okay vividly imagination now when appropriate i've jumped way ahead way ahead okay people are more suggestible when they like trust or sexually aroused to that person and by no means by no means saying use sexual arousal no what i am saying is this is when people are suggestible period if someone so let's look let on, for this class <laughs> If any of you are like, Wayne, I'm trying to find a date, then, and I'm trying to find people in the marketplace to date me, that's another coaching program. This <laughs> You can use these techniques, but we're going to focus in on like and trust you. If somebody knows you, likes you, trusts you, then they're more likely to do business with you. They're more likely to be suggestible. Again, these are very basic laws of influence and we're going to go through basic laws of persuasion we're going to go through each one of these over the next few weeks and break them down how do you get someone to naturally like you there how do you get somebody to trust you there's four steps to get anybody in the world to trust you we're going to talk about that um we're not going to talk about how to get people sexually aroused to you that's your own business we're all going to talk about no like trust we're all going to talk about building rapport okay use vivid imagination when appropriate use humor Anybody else like a good comedy, love to watch somebody, just laugh? Okay, um, I picked up a couple of books. Now, now, I don't claim to be no comedian by any means, but I picked up uh, several books years ago. After watching Jesse Duplantis and his humor, I'm not, he knows stuff. I picked up several books. I'll mention those when we get into the humor section. I picked up books on humor. I picked up books on charisma. And yes, there's a way to tell jokes. There's a way to make things people like you through humor. And I use that, especially in my public speaking. If I'm doing a public speaking, if I'm ministering, I use humor. And when the people are laughing, then I use, I drop that nugget of information. I drop that suggestion that I want them to take. We're going to cover how to do that. Um, in our private coaching, we have, again, other laws that we'll share with you and help implement. The key is any of these could be, okay, get somebody to like you, get somebody to laugh at you, get somebody to imagine. But when you break these, each one of these down into homework assignments and you become skilled at it, that's when you're going to really see 
um, the big results. Um, our focus is to make all of your suggestions emotionally attractive so they are accepted and assimilated. Assimilated is a big word. I think about, um, I think it was on Star Trek. They use that all the time. It basically means I've taken the information and now it's going in and it's doing something. Does that make sense? There's a software program on this flash drive. But it does nothing until I stick it in the computer. But even then, it does nothing until I click execute and it runs the software. It's the same thing. We can learn this knowledge. We can receive the knowledge from neuropersuasion. We can begin to act, have it inside of our mind, our heart, begin to picture how we're going to use it, but we have to actually assimilate it. It's the same way when you give someone a suggestion. The same way when you give somebody a suggestion. So your the person you're influencing, including yourself, will be suggested by your words, your tonality, your body language, and the environment itself. One of the most powerful ways to influence someone is over food, just the reality, if, it, if appropriate. If appropriate, I'm trying to build a relationship with someone. I'm like, hey, let's grab a coffee. I called another, I called a real estate agent maybe a year ago, and I said, hey, we should grab coffee. Let's put a name and face together. Let's connect. I had an outcome. And, and my outcome was actually uh, known by him. But I was like, let's begin with coffee. So we sat down, had coffee. Then we came in and said, hey, let me grab you. Let's, I'll buy you lunch. I want to connect with you again. We connected again over uh, I called him back and said, hey, you ready for another coffee? He said, no, but I'll, there's a hot dog stand here at the beach right on the boardwalk. He said, but if you'll let me buy you a beer and a hot dog, we can connect. Boom. It was another conversation. So now we're four or five conversations in when he called me instead of me calling him. Oh, you, oh, you see, my objective here was his business. But I was the one, I was the one building rapport. I stepped back. He called me and said, hey. Me and another business partner that I wanted to connect with, we're actually meeting over here beside the hot dog stand at this, at this little restaurant bar. Let us buy you something to eat and drink. And guess what? It took over a year of persuading, but we connected and we were able to work together. That's the power of influence. It wasn't just our words. It was breaking bread. It was having coffee. It was connecting on a different level. Now, this goes back to the unconscious. This goes back to the unconscious. We normally have a meal with someone we trust. I woke up this morning. I had breakfast with my daughters. I had lunch with my wife. I'll probably have dinner with my family, depending on what she makes. But is the reality is, yeah, there's the humor, Kim. I tried anyway. But the reality is, we normally have a meal with someone we trust. So if you're trying to break into a high profile person or somebody that really can contribute to you, your life and your business, is it possible to arrange a meeting over food? Okay. And it's very possible and I'll show you how. So let's, we're gonna jump into some role play, but homework number one, I want you to notice. I just want you to become aware and note the time, the places, the events that you find yourself more persuadable. I had a friend who was overcoming addictions, and he said, Wayne, they teach us in Narcotics Anonymous 
I think it was Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, He was in both. He said, they teach us to notice when you're very uh, exhausted, hungry. Be careful in those times. When when your mind is not, if you're very, if you're hungry, physically hungry, if you're exhausted, if you're tired, you're not focused, it's easily, it's easy to jump back into use drugs, use alcohol, because you're more suggestible. So I want you to notice, not just in the negative, though, but maybe in the positive. When are you, though, in the negative? Maybe I'm tempted to eat this food or drink this drink I shouldn't drink, or I'm motivated to get off my butt and go work out. I'm motivated to go do this. I'm motivated to spend money in this situation. I want you to notice the differences. When you're not motivated, you're motivated, okay? But I want you to literally write it down. Because when you can begin, again, remember neuropersuasion, influence yourself first. When you can begin to see that, then you'll begin to see it in other people. When you can begin to see that, you'll begin to see it in other people. I'm highly influenced over caffeine. My wife on a Saturday or Sunday, well, hey, why don't we go get a good cup of coffee? That means she wants to go spend money elsewhere. She's influencing me. We, we laugh about it, but I know it works and it does. But how about yourself? And I want you to actually do this and then hit, place it in the Slack channel. What I'm going to ask you to do in Slack, though, is just message me personally. Because I don't want to, I don't everybody reading everybody's, number one. Another thing is I don't want people being influenced by somebody else's statement. I want you to notice your own. And then share in the Slack channel when you're influenced and when you're not. For those who are watching this that are not clients with us yet, very simple. I believe um, one of my mentors says it's really simple. It's called M2, MTDO, MTDO, make the damn offer. Just quit playing around, make the offer. So here's the offer, semi-private group coaching sessions, hybrid group and private one-on-one, and the inner circle. As of last week, we had two. We had one person jump on the inner circle this week, so we only have one spot left open for the inner circle program. Um, But you can go over to the website. You can text me, et cetera, and let's get going. Now, I'm going to open this up. I'm going to stop the recording. Actually, I'll just edit that out, but I want to open it up in the future for um we'll end the recording and we'll have questions hey kim i want to ask you if you would is there a certain time that you've noticed you're more persuadable or not in a good or negative in a great or negative kind of point of view i know i'm more persuadable when i am And I think humor and probably too. Okay, you're cutting out, but I heard humor, correct? You said humor. Do you, do you consider yourself? So let me ask you this. Do you consider yourself humorous? Do you consider yourself funny? Do you have a good sense of humor? You're moving on me. Got to find a better internet connection. All right, we're going to jump over to Wendy real quick while Kim's still. Wendy, yes. Kim will come back to you. Wendy, do you, when do you notice you're motivated or influenced, good or bad, the most? What is it that does it for you? Motivated? Suggestible. Suggestible. Maybe not motivated. Motivated to do something somebody else wants. Yeah. 
Um, that somebody else wants <laughs> or what I want. Like, I can be influenced either <laughs> way mean- because, again, it starts with you, but I can be influenced. Like I said, for me, let me give you me, guys, and I want y'all to think about this. For me, it's uh, – so here's Wayne's – crack the code and get in Wayne's head. Um, it's words of affirmation for those who've read the five love languages. You can build Wayne up or tear Wayne down with words. I know it. I don't like it. It's a reality. So if somebody gives me praise, gives me accolades, and I don't think it's total BS, but it actually seems sincere, um, it changes my state. And then if they ask me to do something, I'm going to do it. Every- yeah, like people ask, if I feel like I can help somebody, they can get me. Because I enjoy helping people. Yeah. So if they ask me in a way that's not aggressive, but like, Hey, can you help me with this? Then I'm inclined to help them. Good. Uh, yeah. I know that so, for sure. So let's, let's take you calling a real estate agent and let's use that. Okay. Let's use that. Okay. So it could literally be, Hey, is this windy? Yeah. Hey, Hey, windy. This, this is just Wayne with, First things first, consultant. Um, I'm not sure if you could help me. In fact, you may not be able to. Now, then you can continue on with why your call is. We're offering a free workshop. I'm offering this. We're doing this, whatever it may be. Free coaching session. But you're asking, most people do want to help. So you're in a great in a great club you want to help people if you do not feel you're being manipulated or demanded right yeah so asking someone can you help me i'm not sure and you can either ask can you help me or you can just make a statement that implies it sometimes it's even better so part of my real estate business i have uh, something called automated listings. And we send out hundreds of these calls every day. I know everybody hates a robocall, but we send out hundreds of these automated uh, voicemails and then follow up with text messaging. And we have a system in place. And what happens is some people actually go through and listen to the voicemail and then we have business from it. Other people don't go through the process. They say, oh, Mr. Call. Boom. And they call. All right, so when that happens, they go, hey, I missed a call. Hey, Wendy, thank you so much for calling me back. This is just Wayne. Just Wayne. This is just Wendy. That little just makes them go, who? Who? This is just Wayne. It's also lowers resistance. And I appreciate you calling. I don't, but you know, I don't know that you can help me anyway. Maybe you can. They're, now they're curious. Yeah, what do you need help with? Well, we're calling homeowners in Wilmington because, and we give our little pitch. I think I've had one out of maybe 200 that was still upset. No, you can't help me. Never call me again. Maybe one out of 200, probably one out of 500. Most because, um, this is just Wayne, and I don't know if you can help me or not. Boom, their resistance is lowered. And now you have a conversation piece. So asking for help is another big one. There's actually a way, and we'll cover this in future classes, to ask someone to do a favor for you. Has somebody ever, in fact, Wendy or Kim, has anybody ever done a favor, asked you to do a favor? Hey, can you do me a favor? Always. 
and you didn't think twice about it unless they're asking for money and you went and did it. <laughs> right? Right. Right. You always tell you to do not ask for money, but to ask a small favor. And when somebody says yes, then their unconscious called an open loop. Why did I do this? I don't have food. I don't have meals with people unless I normally like them. I don't do favors for people that I don't know. If you, that's what the unconscious is saying. So if I say, Hey, Oh, I don't like, Hey, Kim, can you do me a favor? Can I, and you could ask something as simple as, can you grab pen and paper? I want you to take down a few notes. It's, it's for Kim's benefit, but I ask you to do me a favor. Hey, Kim, I know we have a coaching session in 30 minutes. Can, can you do me a favor? Can you call me instead of me calling you? I'm going to be sure. on the call and I need, yeah. Hey, Kim, hey, hey Wendy, can you do me a favor? Um, and then you get whatever that favor is. Do you mind? Could you help me? I don't know if you could help me. So that's again, a good way. So yeah, asking for help. And the reason I want you to think about it, because if that's how you're influenced, that's how other people be influenced and you'll have confidence in influencing them that way. Yeah. So I actually started talking to like my realtor friends and if they're ignoring me, <laughs> I said, I actually just signed up to study. Like I just signed up for real estate college yesterday. Awesome. So if they ignore me, then I just say, Hey, actually, do you think you can give me some advice? I just <laughs> signed up for real estate school. Do you have any advice on how to, the best way to start? And then they always have something to say. And then when they're done, I'm just like, thank you. And if there's anything I can do to help you, let me know. Huge. Huge. Exactly. Ask for help. Is, yeah. It's, it's so amazing when you go in and, and then the marketing side, if you go in and ask, So what you did there was, and this is wonderful, there's subordinate, there's peer, and there's dominant. You were subordinate, your subordinate peer. I just signed up for real estate. We're in the same, we're in the same world here, but can you help me? Right. Great. That opens up the conversation. They love to help. People love to help. And then you'll move more in the dominant. We'll get into that later, when to do that. Kim, when are you more suggestible or influenced? Well, the help part is I'm, I'm a sucker for that. Um, but I know when I'm more relaxed. And I don't know if it makes sense that I may be more suggestible when I'm stressed. I don't know. But I know when I'm more relaxed. Yeah, stress. Yeah, because stress isn't back to the back to the slide. Stress is an emotion. What's causing that stress? Anxiety, overwhelm, whatever. The emotions are high, and a lot of times you're reaching for an answer. Got it. Or you're either reaching for an answer or something. You're like, I don't have time to deal with this. I'm stressed about other stuff. Sure, and we give in. It's right. the children that bought, you know, I had four children to come and the, the end of the evening. This, 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 and we're like five things. Yes, go. Can I have a snack? Sure. Go get it. I'm easily influenced because it's out of, or we're totally, totally relaxed is another good time. So, you know, it's, we're going to look at those, but I want you to notice also if that's when you're relaxed or you're more influenced, you'll be influential in that state, in that state. Um, the key behind that is we don't, we don't have to get somebody into a stress situation. They're pretty good at doing that themselves. Right. But then through that stress, we can offer solutions. So, well, so my, <clears throat> my coaching sessions is, you know, tied to when people are 
looking for a job or need to be looking for a job, right? right. So they're stressed already. They're stressed already. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love what you said about the whole part of my, um, I've been doing this same, same email sequence for about 20 years and it gets people to respond. And the subject, right? The subject line of the email is, you know, huge favor, right? I have a huge favor to ask. Like it's, you know, and it and never coming at them and saying, hey, I've got this job. Are you interested? But um, hey, I've got this job. Who do you know that might be interested in this? Really great. And I love the fact, let's talk about huge favor. If I call Wendy, hey, Wendy, it's Wayne. Hey, listen, I need a huge favor from you. Do you mind helping me? What's Wendy thinking? Huge? What is it? Does he need money? (laughs) Does he need, you know, oh, no. Does he need me to watch his kids Saturday? Well, I had plans. What's What's his huge favor? Did he need moving furniture? You know, all of a sudden, quickly, they go into fear mode. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll try. Yeah, what is it? Can you call me? Can you do that? And you give a small request. (laughs) Huge favor, but ask for a small request. They're like, oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) Hey, Wendy, we're raising money. One of the things I do raise money for, and those who coach with me, some of our money goes towards this, is it's called Operation Underground Railroad. Wonderful, wonderful place. Our ministry gives to it every month. It's helping get children out of sex and organ trafficking and all this. It's great organ harvesting, sex trafficking. Anyway, so if you, if I said, hey, Wendy, I need, I need a huge favor. We're trying to raise $10,000 this month to give the Operation Underground Railroad cost about $10,000 in, in operational cost to get one child out and into a safe environment. Do you feel like you could just maybe help us with a $5 pledge, a $20 pledge? Some, now, I've, asked, I've, gave, I've anchored this big number to a big favor, and then I've asked for something small. And maybe you don't even have to give a number, but, you know, we've, I'm, I'm reaching out to a lot of people. Do you feel like you could give anything? And, you know, give $5. It's a small request, a small request. So it applies in asking for help. It also applies when you're trying to, uh, I'm sorry, asking in question, but you can also do this in a, in a statement. So you may not be asking for help in a third party story. We're talking, we're about what we're doing. And um, we mention Operation Underground Railroad, or we mention St. Jude's, or we mention something that we're going to do. And then we're telling somebody else, hey, hey, Kim, I was talking to I was talking to a client the other day named Wendy, and I had to ask Wendy for a huge favor. We're trying to do this, blah, 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 blah. You know what Wendy said? Wayne, I'm in. Because when she realized she didn't have to come up with the whole 10K, she just needed to do what she felt good with. She said, I'm in. Now, what did I do there? I told a story about Wendy. I painted an image, and then I said, hey, let's let you know that Wendy's in. Now, now we're jumping into, oh, Wayne's not just asking me. Other people made this decision. How many know the bandwagon effect? The bandwagon effect is I want to do what everybody else is doing. Because if they're doing something great, I get the benefit. If they're doing something crazy and it fell, well, they didn't fall along. Nobody wants to be, 
and the winning, the losing team by themselves. Right. Which is another way, and we'll get into this when we talk about personal, how to diffuse anger. One of the greatest ways to get, if you have somebody that's angry with you, why are they angry? Why do people get angry? Not just thousands of reasons, I guess, but the real core of it is they feel hopeless. They don't feel like they have control in a situation or power over a situation. They feel like power has been taken away. When I work with couples and the husband cheated, well, she felt like the wife is mad, rightfully so. It's because the power was taken away. She had no control of the situation. Someone loses a job and they're angry. Someone doesn't get a promotion and they're angry. They feel like they can't control it. So one of the easiest ways to diffuse that anger is, number one, to acknowledge their reasoning, but also let them know they're not alone. So silly, but if you go, hey, Wendy, I know that happened. We recognize that. I've taken it to management. When I worked in, so I'll give you a quick little, I learned this in the management world. That was actually a psychologist who taught this and we implemented it. I brought the strategy in. Our customer service went through the roof. When you work in a corporate world, things are going to happen. People are going to get mad. Things are going to break. Okay. So what we did was go inside of this and said, hey, Wendy, I understand this happened. So you're acknowledging it. I want you to know that I've already taken this situation up to the CEO. I've taken it to the COO or whatever. I've taken it up and I would literally, I've taken this to Becky Robertson. She is head of HR, whatever. And so I name very specifics. And I'm glad you brought this to my attention. You're not the first person this has happened to. And that means something needs to be done. Oh, I'm not alone. You didn't single me out. You don't just hate me. I mean, unconsciously, this is what they're hearing. And then I'd like to share with you a few solutions and I'd like to get your opinion on it. Because now I'm offering, I'm not just saying I'm sorry, I'm offering a solution. Could be small. But it could be huge at the same time. It depends on what it is. But when we started implementing that, anytime a customer was upset, now, if I sent that to Becky Roberts and Becky also had to send out a message. Hey, Wendy, I, I, under, uh, it was brought to my attention that this happened. Do, 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 in a very similar framework. And it was just a framework we used and it worked so well because people felt, they felt understood. People want to be understood. People want to be respected and people want to be valued. And when I said I've taken this to somewhere to someone else, they understand what well, he understands. He respects my time. He's valuing my my situation. But understood, respect, and valued. Very important. Um, any more questions, guys? I, again, I want to touch into the basic laws of persuasion. Excuse me, Kim. I know we talked about the, the last time we were talking about the financial th- uh, baseline, the financial thermostat. Um, We're going to go deeper into that again uh, the next few weeks. For those who are open to um, more of a neuro-associative conditioning trance, actually going in, doing some deep work and installing some of this on an unconscious level where we can actually um, make some changes quicker, we'll be offering that as well. Um, Kim, any questions? Wendy, any questions? 
You're on mute, Cam. When will you be offering that um, we did, Well, number one is it is it is on for our private coaching clients. We don't do this. We don't do that here on a public. It will be one on one. A couple of ways of doing it. Number one, you can do it by phone. Number two is just by um, Zoom call. And for lack of better words, it is just using conversational hypnotic language to just get yourself focused, to get yourself aware, and then in that place, anchor in some of the beliefs that we need, remove the unlimited beliefs that you have, um, because that financial baseline is a deep, is deep in within you. You know, it, it's deep within everybody. This is what I earned. Here's why I earned this. And to break out of that, it's got to be some changes done. And you can do it over time, or you can do it unconsciously a lot quicker. So, uh, and the beautiful part is a lot of things as you go through these classes, you're going to hear me say things that are going to begin to erode that anyway and be able to build up what you want. But it's quicker if we can do a session. So, um, And is that just the one-on-one and the inner circle or does that include the group coaching? Okay. So, Wendy, any thoughts, any feedback? I did have a question and I lost it. <laughs> um, well, if you were to find it again, where would it be? Um, it was when we were talking about, oh, I was going to say that when we're talking about changes, for me, like whenever I need to make an aggressive change, it's usually fear-based or stress. Like it's usually a negative emotion that pushes me to like, okay, let's get it done right now like even like working out or um, starting a new business, anything like that. I was always like heavy in fear-based. It's not like, Oh, I think I want to do something new. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I want to rip up my whole life. Like, yeah, it's always fear-based that I need that. And you'll see that too. The more you or work, the more you work with realtors, you're going to see that too. Some, will come to you because they're burnt out because everything business is great and they feel like they need to make a change. Um, some will be in fear because there is no business. What am I going to do? How am I going to pay my bill? Very few people make decisions, big decisions without some kind of motivating factor. They want to get out of hell. They want to go to heaven. Right. You're not comfortable. You're not doing okay. And yeah. feeling great. There's no motivation they, uh, uh, in the real estate world. If somebody says, yeah, we may sell our house. Okay, great. Where are you moving to? How soon do you need to be there? What's the motivation behind your move? I don't know. We might just move somewhere else. That's not your time and energy. Hey, I got a job in Dallas. I need to be there in 90 days. Okay, great. Now we got some motivation. Great. Time caps are good. Yeah, time caps. And even, even like I said, with, with training or fitness or whatever it may be, um, what's going to motivate you and how are you going to use that to motivate others. So um, next I will share with you what we're going into next week. Let me see if I've got the lead. Uh, had my list here. I'm just going to read it to you, but I don't have it up now. So next week we're going to go into a little more of the, I guess you would more than neuro associative conditioning, linking people's emotions and thoughts to your product. We're going to go deeper into some of the language. We are going to get, we're going to go deep in language. I want to go really deep because language is so important. We will 
shift and jump over into charisma and humor and your attitudes because that will take you places that skill set alone will not go. There's some great salespeople out there. I work with them. I coach them. They have a lot of ability. They know what to say and when to say it, but they're dry, they're rude, they're arrogant. And we got to learn how, and then we have to go in and have to fix their attitude. It doesn't matter how much they know about the product or service if people don't like them. So people want to deal with people they like. I have, I've helped people in the real estate world sell their home and they paid me a lot more than they could have paid the discount brokerage, but they knew me, they liked me, they trust me. That's really what we're going to talk about. So charisma, linguistics, language, and then of course going back into your own financial baseline and, and resetting that to get to the income you deserve. So, um, all right, guys, as always, I'm going to end um, this. If you're open to any of the sessions, let us know. Be sure uh, in the Slack channel, do your homework. You kind of did it here, but I want you to actually do it. And this is also those who did not do it here, those who didn't catch it live. You're in the Slack channel under our program. If you're not in the Slack channel, become a, become a client. If you are in the Slack channel, do the homework. So I appreciate it. And you guys have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. You got it. Awesome. Thank you. You got it, Kim. Look forward to working with you. Go to yourpersuasioncoach.com for more powerful resources on how to influence yourself, influence others, and impact the world.